Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service that's dedicated to elevating great cinema from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian Jerome. With me today, we have Robin Barr. Yeah, Daddy. Jesus Christ. We also have Bill Graham. Have you tried divorce? (laughs) I have. It worked really well for me. (laughs) Well, congratulations. If divorce is right for you. That'll be $33,000. Thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. None of you watch Ted Lasso, right? I've watched the yes, first two I, seasons. I love Ted Lasso. Did you watch, like, all of the third season, Bill? Yeah, I it's just a, finished like, it. I, ju- I just have to say, like, it is so fucking insane that this show in the second season, after, like, Ted's been having panic attacks and he's, like, sad because his wife is leaving him. The second season, he's like, oh, we went to this marriage counselor and um, I didn't like it because it kind of felt like they were just ganging up on me. And like I've been brought there to be told what I was doing wrong. And then in the third fucking season, it turns out that this goddamn marriage counselor is now fucking Ted Lasso's wife. And everyone's just like, mm-hmm. okay. And it's like, what the, that's like the most unethical Christ forsaken thing you could do. And they never get any catharsis about it. And he's still there in the final episode. And I'm just like, this show proved that Ted was right to mistrust the entire profession of psychiatry and that his sense of paranoia was completely justified. And the show's just like, but now he's back and he's coaching Little League. And it's like, okay, cool, great, I guess. I fucking, well, that but- show is insanity. And they completely forgot that it was about Ted Lasso. And they even have him at the end saying, it was never about me. It would 100% fucking was. He was the only reason I was watching. I didn't care about any of the other characters. <laughs> anyway, I cared I about a lot of the other characters. That's <laughs> fine. Um, uh, but he does get help from a psychiatrist because he seems the team psychiatrist, and yeah, then she ends up like on the stop, team. But then she's like, no, she's she still, she still, she still involved. Like she still talks to him. Uh, she she you, also does the passive like aggressive, the like okay, we're we're you know our session is over now. Like we are out of time, Ted. Yeah, she says that like several times yeah, throughout that season. That, that however is a thing that like I feel, and we, we can talk about a little in this movie because there's a therapist in this movie, but like that whole, like I'm afraid we're out of time is like kind of losing its bite. I'm like, you can't always be out of time. Like you must at some point look and say, Hey, by the way, five minute warning. Like, yeah, it's, eh, it's, you know, it's starting to anyway. I, I mean, just, we're, we're, we're getting snippets of it, but I, I think I think the last season of Ted Lasso is very uneven, but I think they wrapped it up well. But the first few like first half of that show, first half of that season is an absolute fucking mess. I can't and believe what they that did they to introduce that stupid Italian man and then just had him disappear. And like, it didn't do or mean. Anything. <laughs> are you still Z-Zatan? talking about Ted Lasso? Okay. I possibly series finale last week. And I've have feelings. Hope for fucking Lee. Because- oh no, no, it is. It is a series finale for sure. Are we positive about that? Yes. Yes. So, yes. This yeah. is, this is not fast X. This is, this is the <laughs> series finale. I'm this is succession level. Like- We're done. I'm just worried that like they set up so many things in that where it's like this could be a spinoff. This could be a spinoff. Do you want an into oh. like the Ted Lasso well, that's, cinematic? That's definitely universe? That's different. Yeah, it's that's different. Like, oh, Sam's... it's like the Ted Lasso cinematic universe. Yeah, precisely. It's gonna be like oh, we'll have an entire <laughs> the Jim series... 
about Sam's <laughs> the fucking, MCU. His, an entire series about <laughs> Sam's fucking restaurant. And like, oh, here's like Keely. What the hell has happened to the show? You know, so I was terrible, over it. Robin. <laughs> that the Christmas episode or the Christmas special just killed it for me. I was uh, just like, oh, what? I found really? That one charming, I hated but I that. understand why oh, people didn't I like it. I hated it. it. It was like, so I liked it. saccharine. I liked it. This season was was Ugh. a fucking train wreck. It was abysmal. Every stupid point they tried to make was awful. Roy Kent, by the way, spoilers for all of Ted Lasso. Roy Kent like rightfully dumps Keely because she's neglecting him emotionally. And then the catharsis for that is after she's like had a deeply unethical affair with like her venture capitalist boss, and the boss proves to be the psychotic asshole that everyone knew she would be. Roy comes back and is like, by the way, you did nothing wrong. I'm very sorry. And it's like, no, she belittled your feelings. She neglected you. She made you feel like less of a person. She did do things wrong and she should be held to account. And then like the final episode, I I, like gave up on it, but continued watching because I already poured like three years and however many episodes into this fucking thing. But the point where the entire. (laughs) This sounds like marriage. (laughs) Well, no, because in marriage, I got fucking divorced. So like, I (laughs) I, I know, but but you waited a little bit too long, probably to get divorced. Yeah. I don't know. COVID threw a wrench in the works. (laughs) I, I love saying I got divorced on the phone with my future ex-wife one floor below me um anyway uh but yeah like when when they all get together and start singing that fucking song from the nazi movie the sound of music i was like i can't this is fucking terrible like this (laughs) i knew that they lost the plot but it's hard to believe that they lost it this hard anyway ted lasso uh good first season uneven second season goddamn fucking ungodly train wreck of a third season yep. welcome to Sounds the show about right i got out when i could yeah yeah robin pressed that eject button real quick yeah it would have been so i used to smart. be a completist <laughs> i like i would just go 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 for any show even if it was like just absolute trash mm-hmm. and now you know what we're all gonna die I don't have time for this <laughs> I, I i did that with the walking dead i, I oh, finally I gave that, up yeah yeah, I, I was like, like, when when Glenn got killed, I was just like, you know what? Fuck this show. Oh, I'm done with this show. Oh, yeah. I I I was hanging on, boy. I'm pretty sure I was that, hanging on. Because that happens in the comics, right? But like, I'm pretty sure that most yeah, people well, were like, he was supposed to die a lot sooner. I have nothing. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of psychiatry. <laughs> yes, we will. Good get to segue. <laughs> We're here today to talk about uh, You Hurt My Feelings, uh, the new film from writer-director uh, Nicole Holof Center, um, which is awesome. Love it. Can't wait to talk about it. Uh, the movie stars Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Tobias Menzies, uh, amongst many others who are awesome. And um, like I said, it's going to be fucking great. And we're going to talk about that. Before we do that, all the usual shit up front. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show. Uh, you can email us podcastfilmstage.com. Give us a comment or rating on iTunes if you want. We would greatly appreciate it. And also don't forget to go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show to give us your money. For as little $1 an episode, you get access to our super cool Slack channel and first crack at all the raffles and stuff that are put on by the film stage. So you're going to want to get on that. Um, I'd also like to remind everybody that we are brought to you by Mubi, uh, a curated streaming service that is dedicated to elevating great cinema from around the globe. From iconic directors to emerging auteurs, there's always something new to discover. With movie, each and every film is hand-selected, so you can explore the best of cinema streaming anytime, 
anywhere. Um, we talked a little earlier, and we'll be talking <laughs> throughout the rest of this episode, I think, possibly, about the concept of divorce. Um, here's a great uh, foreign film about a couple that did not get divorced. It's Amour by Michael Haneke. If you believe that till death do us part is the only way to actually uh, go with a marriage, uh, let me recommend Amour to you. Uh, Michael Haneke won his second Palme d'Or and his first Oscar for this uncompromising yet compassionate drama depicting the difficult reality of death, a profoundly moving, unforgettable film starring two-time all-greats, uh, all-time greats of French cinema, Jean-Louis Trintignant and Emmanuel Riva. Uh, retired music teachers Georges and Anne have spent their lives devoted to their careers and to each other. Their relationship faces its greatest challenge when Anne suffers a debilitating stroke. Though George himself is in his old age, he ignores his own discomfort to take care of his wife. This is uh, an incredible movie that uh, sent me into a full-on tailspin uh, emotionally mere minutes before I went to a dance club. <laughs> it was one of the stranger nights of my life. And if you would like to basically get the same sensation, uh, you can do it by getting a free 30-day trial of movie so you can watch this film right now. You can try movie for free for 30 days by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that's mubi.com slash filmstage for a whole month of great cinema for free. So yeah, how are we feeling, guys? We're feeling good. I still, that's one of the only, I'm oh, sorry, my microphone just fell. Um, I was just going to say, that's one of the only Hanukkah films I have not seen. And he is actually one of my favorite directors. So it's been on my list for so long. Just seemed like too depressing, even for him. Uh, it's, I mean, it's pretty depressing. I mean, like it's kind of gorgeous and moving and beautiful, but it is like super depressing. Like I watched this movie because I had to watch it, I think, for this show. Like, I think I had a screener or something, and I was like, oh, I got to watch mm. this movie. And then I was like, oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. I'm, like, crying. I'm, like, outside, like, smoking a cigarette. And then everyone's like, hey, man, you ready to go to Fatback? And I was like, oh, yeah, totally. And then just spent, like, the rest of the night drinking heavily and talking to girls who would rather have been dancing with me about this incredibly depressing movie that I saw. And that would uh, be the benchmark for the rest of my life, really. Yeah, but, you know, maybe you could have found the right one by talking to the right girl. I know. I mean, see, that's always the hope. Uh, actually, at the at the dog park this morning, um, I was having a conversation with a couple people there about um, my lack of Riz. Do you all know what Riz is? The fuck? Mm. Okay. So Riz is the quality of being good at flirting with people and of, like, being able to close why why uh, why why is this called a thing? Why is I don't this know. Bill? Why is anything called why your game why was is it called bad. game? Like, you know, why I, I, well called... but like like just let's just stick with one fucking like word. Wow, okay, old can we, man. Can Bill. we just come can we just come together and just be like, you know <laughs> what? We, yeah. Can we let's... just stop the evolution of the English language? Like sometimes yes, please. we've hit on it and it's good. Um, yeah, he yeah, got no. game. So yeah, he he does got game. But now, if you wanted to make that movie again, oh wait, they just did make that movie again, didn't they? No, that's white man, white man can't, can't jump. jump. I'm sorry. Yes. So if they were, to, if they when they remake, he got game. It's gonna be called he got Riz. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but anyway, so Riz, and someone was saying like, you seem like you've got like good Riz, and I was like, I fucking swear to God, I don't. I'm the guy who in college would invite girls over to watch a movie and then actually expect that we watch the movie. Um, one time oh, I, was, I was at a party 
talking to a girl about the movie Elephant, and she said it sounded really cool and we should watch it. And I was like, yeah, we totally should. And so I invited her over like the next day or two. She came over and we watched that entire school shooting movie. And then after it was over, she wiped her tears away and said it was really good and then asked if we were still going to make out. And I was like, oh, right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. And I was like, I think I even literally said like, I'm sorry, you still want to make out after you saw that movie? Well, look, this was, in all fairness, before Netflix and chill, because Netflix and chill was not online at that time. So, you know. Right. Someone even um, said that was the worst version of Netflix and chill. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, before Netflix and chill, it was like D- DVD menu and chill. Because like what would happen is you'd start the <laughs> movie, you'd start fooling around. At a certain point, the movie would end. You get through the whole credits and then it would take you back to the main menu where like you get like a 15 second clip of some music and like maybe mm-hmm. a, and like, they repeat from it. It would just repeat over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did that in college. I, I used to, or I, I thought inviting people over to watch a movie was like, just you watch a movie. And I didn't, nope. I didn't realize that until like after my freshman year. And someone was just like, dude, you got to stop. And I was like, stop <laughs> doing what? You're starting <laughs> you're to get just a reputation. Like, People think you're like, uh, I don't. What's what's the male version of a cocktease? Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to assume only Robin. Clit tease. I was going to say it's got to be like a clit tease, right? OK, yeah. a nipple tease. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Give give someone a. am not going to say it. I really don't want to say it. I'll say it off. Mic. <laughs> um. <laughs> Burning good pod. Let's go. Oh my god. Anyway, um we have to talk about this movie that I can't remember the title no matter how hard I try. You hurt my feelings. You must hurt my feelings. <laughs> Robin, Robin, you hurt this movie's feelings. I did. What's well, Hope Center so- hurt my feelings by making this movie. What's the Soderbergh movie that is like the wrong word? No sudden move. Right. It's I hate you it. hurt it's so this should be you hurt feeling. Right, like that. But that's yeah, and that's the thing. The Kelly Reichardt movie, which I also can't remember what it's called ever, is apparently called Showing Up. Which, how in the, how can you make your movie more anonymous? Is my question. Well, I mean, look, we live in a world where there was a movie called Certain Women, and then there was also a movie called Little Women that came out the exact same year. No, and I, I was just I, like, I a movie called my, like. It's 20th the, century women. Yes, women. 20th century was, women. Yes. <laughs> that was yes. I always fucked up. God. Well, like, you know what they say. There's just too many goddamn women. Yeah, oh, Jesus. That's why just we went through so that much. whole um like two year span where everything was not the woman. It was the girl, like the girl in the window, the girl on the train, the girl with the dragon tattoo. The girl tattoo. with the dragon tattoo. And it was just mm-hmm. like I remember reading some bullshit like think piece of like Dub, what does it say that even our female-centric stories have to infantilize women? It's like, oh my god! Oh Jesus! Okay. <sighs> anyway, um, you hurt my feelings. Is the movie we are here to talk about? Um, you sure? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, do we have anything else to talk about before that? No, I think we got to go forward. Earlier, I was going to explain generative AI to Bill in terms of what people were doing um, regarding. Like, nah, you lost that Riz, man. Yeah, I know. And now I'm like, is, we already is, talked is, about did I Riz do that right? and like Blu-ray <laughs> and chill. And so I feel like we don't have time for it. If I can slip it in organically later. Whoa. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's okay, so the whole problem with Bill. You can't slip <laughs> it in organically? Yeah. 
No. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, okay. So this, like, what, what I was going to tell you guys, I'm just going to say this real quick, is that people, you know, there's a thing now that um, Photoshop is doing where you can, like, expand out from an image and it generate. Oh, you're AI doing this. We'll okay. look around it and draw in what it thinks should be there. So if you've got, like, a kid blowing at a birthday cake and you say, like, hey, why don't you fill this out, like, another, like, 2,700 pixels or something, it'll, like, fill Oh, so this is what Trump you. did with his inauguration. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. If he could have, he would have. Okay. So, like, people yeah. have been doing it with, like, works of art, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, look, you can see what's, like, around the Venus as she's getting born. And it's like people are, like, rightfully, I think, making fun of it. But the new fun thing that people are doing is they are taking what is clearly a hyper crop of a scene from pornography and they're trying to see what the AI does to it. Um, oh, so, so, so this is like a real world, like, what's the sauce on Reddit? <laughs> I don't know because I've never done what's the sauce. I don't know what's the what's sauce. but the name alone. What's the makes sauce me think, is yes. What's the sauce is basically what's the source. Oh, uh, oh okay. But but instead you're just saying what's the sauce. But and so, there's, so yeah, there's a fairly famous picture of a woman's face, and she looks as though she's in some level of physical distress. Um, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm, but and she's is, not right. That she is, that is from a, a pornography, but it's been used to like create memes. And that's one of the first ones I saw. And when they built it out, it was like, oh, she's like in bed and it's like, she's scared and she's looking up. And so like, now we're going to ask it to put in a monster. And so it takes this picture and suddenly it's a woman who's like afraid of the dark and it's uh, very funny. So go on TikTok and try to find those cause they're hilarious. But I guess be careful how you search for them because otherwise you could find some things that <laughs> your significant other might question. You'll be like, no, I swear to God, Brian told me this really funny thing was happening. I mean, would your significant other really care what you're Googling? Like, not mine. It depends on the kind of relationship that you have. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like that's like kind of private. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> I mean, like, let's talk about other private things that your, your significant other might have feelings about. Let's talk about You Hurt My Feelings. Uh, this is a new film from writer-director Nicole Hullif Center. Uh, once again, stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus and uh, Tobias Menzies and uh, many, <laughs> yeah. many others. And we're here to talk about it. So how about I kick us off by playing just a little bit of the trailer? Ooh, and can we do... Story I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, can we do the IMDb logline too? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, sorry, dude. May I start, Robin? Yes, sir. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I, you know what? I was, I almost, uh, I'm not going to say it. Let's just start the goddamn truth. Let's go. <laughs> what kind of story were you thinking about, Hal? Something in a prison. Oh, all right. And uh, what about the, a prison interests you? Jail. For sure. <laughs> Happy anniversary. We're so lucky. Yeah. So, Elliot tells me you're a writer. And your last one, it should have done better. All right. So, that is part of the trailer for I. You Hurt My Feelings. God damn it, Robin. <laughs> I have not had a single problem with it. You, you must remember these feelings. I, you know, I almost called it I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> 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 um, I have not watched any of the new season, so this is not the time for in-jokes. Anyway, uh, IMDB Logline. A novelist's long-standing marriage is suddenly upended when she overhears her husband giving his honest reaction to her latest book. 
It's actually not terrible. <laughs> That's pretty good in terms of IMDb descriptions of movies. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah, no, it's pretty accurate, which is maybe, well, I think it's so accurate that it actually describes my reticence about the movie. Oh, but we'll get into curious. it. Well, yeah, fuck it. Let's get into it. We'll start off with All our right. roundabout uh, 100,000 foot high nutshell thoughts. And we'll start with Robin. Uh, what are your feelings on You Hurt My Feelings? So <clears throat> what I was kind of alluding to is that with the IMDb logline is just so simple and so straightforward and so accurate about the movie that it actually just reflects the fact that I feel like this movie is like a little too simple, a little too straightforward. Um, and, you know, I kept watching it and there was like, I, I had like some slight amusements here and there, you know, like titters and a, huh, and, you know, just, <laughs> I, I understood what was going on, but I came out of the theater being like, what, what was the point of that? And yeah, you can talk about all this like sort of emotional intelligence and and all the minutia of marriage and and whatever. But you know, I I saw that Richard Brody uh, compared this movie a little to Showing Up, which is the film by Kelly Reichard. And oh right, <laughs> wow. yeah, you're we exactly really proving the point about the names. I was like, that's oh, what that, I'm saying. Man. That's the one with Chauncey Gardner. I don't understand the difference. <laughs> So that movie is about a woman who is a sculptress and she's sort of stuck in a, just like, you know, these weird social relationships because she's so hyper-focused on her art that it, she can't really develop strong relationships with other people. And also like, what does it mean to be an artist? And is so the there's tons. something like, you know, life only happens if you show up and like, so she's got to put her sculpting down and actually be there for people. I think she has to be there for a pigeon. I mean, that's like literally the God damn it. <laughs> the movie, but that's right. not um, a it, pigeon. That's why I and, keep and, forgetting that I, every time you bring up the Kelly Reichert movie, I'm like, right, a pigeon sat on a branch contemplating existence or something. <laughs> yeah, like, no. it's a Michelle Williams sat on a chair sculpting <laughs> and being a taciturn. <laughs> so, so my point of bringing up that movie is that this, it, so many of the scenes are about um, artists creating art. Like you're literally watching people sculpt and paint and put things in kilns and, and it feels present in the act of creation. Whereas this movie is ostensibly about a writer who has thoughts and feelings about her writing and insecurities. And then her, you know, her husband's sort of lack of feedback, which is actually pretty relatable to me as someone whose husband is not like an editor and, you know, doesn't like he doesn't always give me the feedback that I'm looking for. Um, sorry, babe. You know, he's a great line editor, but sometimes I'm like, well, what about the content? And, you know, he just doesn't, <laughs> he's just not in it with me that way. So I actually did relate a lot to the, the characters in this movie, but I don't really get a great sense of Julia Louis-Dreyfus's art and her creativity. And you don't really see her like engaging in her writing. You see her more engaging with like her stress and her students. Cause she, I guess she teaches like a creative writing class and you know, there's it, it's, it's just a little too surface for me. And I think the parts of the movie that were a little more salient were um, her husband played by to Tobias Menzies. He's a, relationship therapist uh oh my god there's a word for it marriage counselor and the counseling sessions are, no, are pretty I, don't, I think he's I don't just think a so. therapist because like two yeah. of his people are oh you're right wrong. you're right 
I, yeah. I think maybe the marriage counseling is the inter- most interesting part of the movie for me. So I forgot, but he is a therapist and you see some of his sessions and I, I liked those. Like I thought those were maybe the most, um, I don't know, the meatiest parts of the movie, but you know, at the end of the day, you're like, was Nicole Holopsen or just like bored and didn't know what else to write about and had like a weird interaction with her husband. Like it was like, what else is there? It's, it's a little thin for me. Interesting. All right, Bill Graham, what about yourself? So I thought it was a little hollow at first as well. A little the first center. Oh, oh boy. Okay. No. The no. Stop your riz. Stop your riz. That's not um, how you use that word, Bill. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm I'm just then testing just it out, man. It. All right. Well, stop your game. Um it's still not right. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't work either. Uh that's all right. Um, anyways, I I thought so at first. Um first maybe 20, 25 minutes or so. I was just not quite getting what what was supposed to be humorous here, what was supposed to be funny, um, and what this film was kind of doing. Uh but what I kind of started to understand was that there are some deeply fucked up things that this film is kind of touching on. And part of it is, is kind of this idea that, you know, we, it's not uncommon, but you know, we repeat the mistakes of our parents, right? We try not to be our parents in so many ways. And yet we continue to make the same mistakes that our parents do oftentimes or things of that nature. And so in this film, you know, they talk a little bit about, uh, Parentage and, you know, Julia Louis Dreyfus's uh, character specifically has like kind of a traumatic backstory that she used to write her first uh, novel or memoir. memoir. Yeah, memoir. And uh, yeah, and I think there's there's some touching things that they talk about there. Um, and it wasn't until like I kind of started reading a little bit more about this film and some other people's kind of responses to it that I started to kind of vibe with it. But I do want to kind of touch on one note up front. And that's the idea that like, not everybody has to be great at their job. um, And especially in like a movie context. And I find that interesting because a lot of people will sometimes push back on it. Uh, I know some people push back on Brendan Fraser in the whale and was like, Oh, like that's such a shitty uh, story. Like why, why would he be so preoccupied with it? Well, he's a zoom teacher. Like he may not be that great of an English teacher teacher. So maybe he isn't that great of an English teacher. So he would latch on to something that maybe isn't that great of a story. And that's just like his most inspirational story. Like that's okay. We don't all have to be amazing at our jobs. You know, we can just be good, competent, or maybe even bad a little bit. And I think that's what you kind of see at the first part with Tobias, especially you just kind of see him kind of running through the motions um, and not really kind of, he's kind of in a rut. It's kind of similar to their marriage in a lot of ways. They're kind of in a rut. They're kind of just have become just happy and peaceful. Um, And for some people that's fine. That's all they want out of life. Uh, And for other people, they want to be challenged a little bit, especially artistics. You know, Um, I said that as if I've never fucking written before in my life, but you know um, yeah, 
So I think I think there's a lot to dig in here. Um, but yes, at first it could be very shallow. I think. Yeah, I um, I really liked this movie. I had like a good time watching it, but I can't deny that it feels a little thin. Um, it's literally a, a sitcom premise. Mm-hmm. Like this, this has been done in um, like uh, Thirty Rock. Seinfeld. Yeah, there's, there's, so there was Probably. a Thirty Rock episode where um, Liz Lemon like can never say anything good about anything that Jenna's in, especially about Jenna specifically. So she'll be like, "Oh, the lighting was incredible," or like, "I really like the sound design." <laughs> and then um, there's the there's the How I Met Your Mother episode where Lily's in like a horrible avant-garde play and everyone's like, oh, Lily, that was so great. And then Barney's like, that was a fucking disaster. What are you guys talking about? That was like so bad. And it's like, a, then it brings up like a whole question of like, is it better to like lie to protect someone's feelings or to be honest? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that the movie just is like, it works. I don't know. It's like an hour and a half long. <laughs> I think the performances yeah. are great. Um, I like the conversations that are had. I find everything to be very like funny and sharply written and well acted. And just like, I don't know, the the final episode of Ted Lasso was probably about this long, and that was a fucking nightmare, and this was great. This is wonderful. Maybe my comes back to Ted Lasso. That's the thing though, is like we're, we're getting to a point where like a literal sitcom will have an episode this long and it will get nowhere near as good as this does. So like, yeah, I think it's just nice to like sit down and get to spend time with these characters. This does have that kind of um that thing that a lot of movies have where it's like, I just need, I can't have them be like a lawyer or a doctor or an architect. I need like a cool, fun job for them to have. And so like her sister is an interior designer who we get to see like specifically because she's stuck on I love one it. fucking light fixture. Um, yep. I love it. Feels very real. Um, and then her son works at like a dispensary and you know, you're just like, all right, yeah, I guess that's kitschy and fun, and like, why not? Um, but like, generally, I I really liked it. I quite enjoyed it, and I actually like found myself really rooting for this couple. Like, I was, I don't know that I was ever which actually one the 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 central one. The okay. Julie well, because there's multiple couples. In, oh, like, I really wanted David Cross of- <laughs> to work it out oh, with that whoever guy. that was. His um, fucking wife. It was Amber Tamblin. I don't know what her character name is. It, okay, Amber Tamblin. Yeah, I wanted David Cross and Amber Tamblin to work out. No, they were fucking terrible. Um, and I also liked Michaela Watkins and uh, Aaron uh, Moyad. Mo- Mo- I'm sorry. How do I Moyad. say that? Moyad. Moyad. Stewie. Yeah, Moyad. yeah I Stewie. wanted to keep calling Stewie, and I was like, it's fun to see Stewie looking like disheveled, kind of like dad chic, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize it until just now, but the grandma is Sid, Sid as Sid well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. was just like, oh, I recognize this lady. <laughs> Why do I recognize her? I mean, she's she a wasn't... classic. She... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And she's awesome. Zach Cherry is in this. Zach Cherry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He um, was also in Succession. Also yeah. in Succession. Great in. He was also uh, my classmate in college. Oh, my Yeah. He's God. great in Severance. Get him in. He's the so pod. good. I possibly could, but he might be too big for this pod now. I don't know. Look, no one's mm. too big for this pod. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Zach was really good in this. He was very funny. Yeah, he was great. Uh, I liked him. And then there was that old German guy who's in a bunch of stuff. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? I don't know what his name yeah. is. I could look it up. Yeah. I'm not going to. Um, old German guy. Yeah, like the, 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 the guy at the end. Yeah. Oh. Huh. He's like always in stuff and he's he's like always like a kind of like spooky guy. 
I don't know. I don't know if I can remember. Because he's German. Yeah, that's that's racist. It's not racist. If anything, it's ethnocentrist. Um, which is a, a thing that doesn't get used a lot anymore. We've like we've moved beyond ethnocentrism in terms of like things that we're willing to call people out on, and I think we need to start doing it. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I liked the movie. It was good. It was fun. It was brief. It was yeah. like I won't call it slight, but it was definitely had a light touch. And uh, yeah, I was never distracted or like sad that I was watching it. It was really good. Um, and I just it was in and out, unlike Bill. <laughs> what is? Whoa! <laughs> you think Yikes. Bill like puts it in and then like steeps for a while? Bill, <laughs> Bill, Bill just wants it. to watch the Bill movie, man. John, he just Bill wants does to it watch John the movie. Dealman style, just like hangs out <laughs> until something happens. Just <laughs> wants to watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. He's innocent. Yeah. Um Yeah, but yeah, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. And like, uh, you know, when we get to the end, I was like, "Oh, this is cute. I like this. I'm glad that we've gotten here." I th- I think one of the things that that kind of rounds the corner for me from being slight is that Tobias Benzi's character never really like up never really says like I I'm sorry he kind of just kind of stays in uh, let's jump into spoilers i guess yeah, <laughs> i mean uh, let's yeah. just go for it yeah uh anyways we're in spoilers now uh tobias menzi's character never really is like backs down from his opinion that it isn't very good her story and rightfully so like that's his opinion and he's like but that doesn't mean i'd love you any less and I think what's interesting is that if you aren't a creative person or haven't been like devoting a large portion of your life towards something and then for your significant other to just go, yeah, I don't don't think it's very good and not really have a, a lot more criticism than that. Right. Like that's, you know, not great. Uh, But also like it can be, it can be hard to wrap your head around if someone else is just like, yeah, I just didn't like it. And you're just like, yeah, but that's, that's not enough. And I really value your opinion, even though I necessarily shouldn't, right? Like you're not in this profession, you're not an editor. So why do I value your opinion? But you're also my significant other. So I do value it your opinion on you know whatever it may be and so i thought i thought that was interesting that they didn't really like shy away from that and even like the kid like his story about like how she told his middle school like swim teacher that he was great at swimming and convinced you know them to let him into the advanced swimming class and he's just like no i was bad yeah maybe they, sometimes like, it's just bad like maybe i'm bad yeah i feel like i know that i was bad yeah and and so his his whole thing is like it kind of fucked me up because i was i was under this impression that that maybe that teacher was lying to me because why would my mom lie to me right right so c- clearly the teacher's lying to me but i I know that like, like, it's not like a art project. It's like a race, like it's swimming. So you 
either are faster than everybody else or you're not. So, and I, maybe you're at the bot back of the pack. So it's very clear, like, oh shit, my mom doesn't know jack shit about swimming and she keeps signing me up for these fucking advanced classes. Like, I, I a, suck. I had a conversation that was actually reminiscent of that. Um, I was talking to a woman who works for a local ballet school. And I was like, my daughter really wants to try ballet. And she's like, oh, cool. I think that she'd be in like a level one class if she's like X amount of years old or whatever. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Great. And then when we spoke again, she's like, I'm so sorry. I told you like, you know, actually she'd be in primary, which I guess is like, you know, the basics. She's like, I'm so I'm really sorry about that. I'm like, why would you be sorry that you're telling me the correct class that she would be in? Mm -hmm. She's like, well, some parents are a little like annoyed. You know, they're like, oh, my daughter could be in the first. I was like. My daughter's never fucking seen a ballet shoe. Put mm -hmm. her in the lowest class. If there's a yeah. lower class, put her in that. Start her as low yeah. as possible, honestly. Yep. If she's there with a yep. bunch of three-year-olds and she's towering over them, I don't think it matters because if she doesn't have the skills to operate, she's going to hate it. So put her yeah. as low as you think. That, and she was like, what is, that's actually an what is the class? She's like, that's an incredibly healthy way to look at it. Most parents exactly. don't have that. I was like, no, my child is not a sweet, precious angel who can do no wrong. She is an uncoordinated six-year-old who I'm constantly amazed is able to run in a straight line because mm -hmm. she's still growing every day. She's like an inch taller and she's having to learn how to navigate with this body. Like, of course, put her wherever you feel like she's going to thrive and get the most education. She's not here to win immediately. She's here to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think, yeah. Like, how do I sign my daughter up for a class where we start with watching a movie? About ballet, maybe. Like, can we can we uh, can we start there? Like how how do, how how fast can we start that? We've watched a couple um, of Nutcrackers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of them like, was the let's, four let's realms. Let's get real. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No. Um, Who remembers anyways, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms? Yeah, I, I apparently do. Jesus Christ! Um, was that part of the? I mean, the, uh, I never saw it. It was definitely yeah. like the Tim Burtonification of the Nutcracker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's no, like, oh, what if we that. did for the Nutcracker what we did for Alice in Wonderland? And everyone was like, please don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. An, an absolute nightmare. Doesn't Let's it have not. Like six um, directors too. I don't know. Who knows? Anyways, um, yeah, no, that's that's a healthy way of like looking at things and like starting from scratch and like actually like turning towards you know, uh, experts in their field, even if they're like, you know, a middle school teacher or whatever, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like I have no experience with this. Here's my child. What do you think? And it's like, this is what I think. Cool. Let's go with that. You know, I don't understand this idea that like, no, my, my kid's better than that. And you know, There's that, like that this, even this that story of, of him like talking about how he worked really hard on a paper. And so his mom like convinced that teacher to not give them a C, but yeah. instead a B minus. And I'm just like, this is a nightmare. Like that just all of that interaction sounds like an absolute nightmare. And yeah, yeah if, if that is your mom, that's going to fuck you up. Like that's really going to mess with your, your development because you're just, you're constantly going to be second guessing yourself. She's definitely you know? the kind of parent who's like, if my child says something, it must be true. And I'm like, no, your child's a fucking idiot. And it's your job as a parent to correct them mm -hmm. and help them to understand the way the world really is. And it's great that this guy for how, in, in whatever way that he's been able to do it can now look at himself and say like, 
your support was actually delusional and it caused more problems than I should have had. Um, I'm lucky that I never had that, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. my parents lucky were always... I never had problems. No, my parents were just <laughs> deeply realistic about what my capabilities were. Um, mm. Like, yeah, they were just like, you're just not good at this. And I was like, yeah, I know. Fucking seriously, right? And like, if I said that like something wasn't my fault and they knew that it was, they would hold me to account for it. They were like, no, this is 100% your fault. And until you like are able to say that it's your fault, it's not going to get better. Um, but like, it, but that made the moments where they did stand up for me all the better. So like my mother never talked a teacher into putting my grade up because like, oh, he tried so hard. Cause she'd be like, you could have tried harder or like, you know, you just wrote a bad thing. But when I got sent to, when I got sent to the counselor's office for writing a short story and submitting it to the school literary magazine, um, and they sent me to like the school therapist, she called up the school and rained hell on them. And that wait, was awesome. Wait, wait, we're missing a connection here. Okay. Why so, were you sent? So the the story um was it was like the first short story I'd ever written. Cause like usually when I was in elementary school and stuff, I really wanted to write novels, of course, right? I'm always writing. But, like, I never finished a novel that I was writing, but I'd write anything that I felt like. And then finally, one day, I have an idea for a short story. And it's based off the fact that, like, Infierno and Invierno are um, hell and winter in Spanish. And I'm like, wow, those are really Mm. close together. And then I just had this idea of, like, what's winter and hell like? And then I, like, spiraled out from there. And so what I ended up doing was writing a story about two people that lived in hell uh, who both committed suicide and how for, for the season of winter they were able to fall in love with one another, right? And they were able to feel this connection and finally feel some sort of sense of forgiveness and love and happiness and warmth. But then the second the season changed, inexplicably they hated one another. Um, so like and, Persephone kind of thing. Right, and so they could never get that back. They couldn't feel it. But they but they did know is that at some point it would be winter again and they would be in love. And that what once made it more bearable and more intolerable. Um, and I gave it to some... It was like three pages long, if even that most much and i gave it to some friends and they were like this is incredible this is a really good short story you should submit this to impulse which was the name of the school literary magazine and i was like are Mm -hmm. you sure and they said yeah and one of them was like an editor for impulse and she was like please for the love of god like i've seen the things that other people have written like i like this can you please (laughs) i would love to put i was like okay fine you know it was like the first thing i'd ever even let someone read in a serious way so i handed in I'm feeling good about it, right? Because like all the students have already told me it's a goddamn shoe in, right? This is some good shit. And so I get a call to come to the office one day in the middle of class, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is about. Like, I, this is the, I didn't do anything. This is the one time I didn't do anything, right? I there's nothing that they gotten on me, right? Everything is like at this point <laughs> statute of limitations. So I walk in. <laughs> I'm curious what the fuck is happening. So I too late, like, motherfuckers. Right, like you know, you can't like I, you know, those kids that I was hanging out with were smoking cigarettes like four weeks ago. If you were gonna like, you just found out about that now. Yeah. Doesn't matter, not important. But like, so I walk in and I'm like, I think I need to see the principal. They just told me to come to the office, and they're like, "What's your name?" I'm like Brian Rowan. I'm like, actually, you have to go talk to the school counselor, like the the school therapist. And I was like, the fucking what? We have one of those. And I walk in and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what if my dad is dead? Like, what if my mom was in a mm. car accident? And I'm like shaking because I'm like, why would they send me to a counselor? Like, what are they about to tell me? And I look at her desk because I'm like in flight or flight mode. And I look and I see my short story. 
And I was like, oh. And she's like, yes. And I said, I'm assuming you didn't love it. And she like asked me to sit down and she's like, this has so many red flags. (laughs) She's like, it's got hell. It's got death. It's got suicide. It's got heartbreak. It's like got everything that makes us worry about a student. And I was like, yeah, is it good? Like, I don't know. She's like, I wasn't reading it to see if it was good. I'm like, so you didn't like it. Mm. And I'm just like, so I have to like sit there and basically tell her like, I'm totally fine. I'm very like well adjusted socially. All of my friends told me I should turn it in. My family is moving to Houston, but I'm cool with it. Like my friends thought this would be like a cool way to like go out would be to like get something in the literary magazine after like all these years of showing them like snippets of things that never went to anything. And then she was like, well, this is great. I'm glad we had a chance to talk. Like it's, I'm actually sad we're losing you as a student. She like had a bunch of great things to say to me. And I was like, are you just telling me that? Cause you think I'm going to murder myself? And she was like, no, I mean that. And I was like, okay, cool. So I go home and I, at this point, I'm like, this is just a funny story. I'm going to tell my mother about what a good fucking writer I am. Right. Cause how, like, I must've really hit some nerves in a really like meaningful way for them to worry that much about me. And my mother hears it and turns bright fucking red and picks up the phone and spends the next like two, I don't know, this is a hyperbole, but like two hours yelling at the principal. She's like, my son twisted his ankle in gym class and you can give him a goddamn aspirin, but you can send him to a shrink because he wrote mm-hmm. a, like, and then I, it was like the, I, she's always been very nice about my writing and like photography and stuff, but in the way that like you kind of expect a parent to, not like Julia Louis-Dreyfus in this movie, but like, that's really good. That's really great. Oh, this is my son. He loves to write. This was like the first time where she was so clearly driven by like a strong overriding emotion that I was positive that what she was saying was true. And she said something like, my son is a brilliant writer with an imagination that like I can't even understand. And for you to look at that, to take this like student and then try to like, you know, do this. I was like, wow, this is fucking awesome. Wow. Yeah, she bomba bear. Well, she like went full on Italian. I don't know. That's like the best way to put it. And so that's one of those situations where I'm like, I am very glad that this is my family. Like these are people who in a pinch and when the moment comes will actually stand up for me when I deserve it, but will also call me on my bullshit. So anyway, that's a, a great story about me uh, sort of kind of getting in trouble for writing a story that I probably should have known. Shouldn't have gone in there. When, when the best was part this? was they were like Mrs. Rowan. I was like 16 or 15. And the best part mm. is they were like, Mrs. Rowan, like, have you have you read the story? She's like, absolutely, I read the story. I thought it was great. It was harrowing. <laughs> I was like, oh, my mm. God, this is awesome. Um, anyway, I'm sure that story sucks now in retrospect. But for a 15 or 16-year-old kid, it was probably pretty good. I don't know. It yeah. sounds like a good story. Thank you. It does sound interesting. Yeah. Uh, reminds me of when I got sent to the principal's office because I was in, like, the, you know, whatever, the honors social studies class. And there was this girl who shall remain nameless, um, who was just so fucking annoying. Like, just everything that came out of her mouth just, like, killed me. I don't know if it's just because she was just obnoxious <laughs> or I don't know what it was. But then, Bitching like, I, crackers. No, she was just really annoying. And, like, maybe she was a little <laughs> stupid. Hard for me to remember, but I remember hating her. she was a little stupid. I mean, who knows? I was a hormonal teenager. This was ninth grade, by the way. And then I... I guess unconsciously wrote die so and so die. Oh on no. The desk. <laughs> oh god. Oh, that's and just then, German for the so and so the. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I wish I had 
played that. But of course, then I sat, sent down to the principal's office and I mean, not the principal, the guidance counselor, but he knew shit was fucked up because he was the one who had to tell me that my mom had stabbed our neighbor. So I guess he just kind of like, he knew there were things going on under the surface and I had to be like, I have no intention. And this is right after Columbine, you know, this is like five years later. It's like, right. I have absolutely no intention of hurting this person. She's just really fucking annoying. Like, I can't believe I wrote that on the desk. You yeah, know, the that's... worst part, the worst part of this is like, I, I was like the best student in the class. Like I had a good relationship with my teacher. She, I was just like, just so embarrassed by it. Like mm-hmm. just, ugh. Yeah, Sorry, you did something childish. You did something childish, and then now you're kind of a little bit older than what that kind of represents, right? Oh, for sure. Like, oh, oh, oops. Oh, like, you know how many times I didn't, I I didn't mean it like Facebook? that. No, I didn't. And of course, I was a May couple, but I'm like, what the fuck happened to so and so? Like, I <laughs> really want to like, find her Instagram. No, she's so, fine. um, so you know what's funny is that, um, that that whole situation sort of backfired on the school, I think. Because I at the mm. end of the thing, I was like, I stood up and she's like, you know, do you have any final questions? And I was like, do you think they're going to print it? And she was like, absolutely not. No, there's no, Why? There's, there's no way. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I left, and everyone was like, so, oh my god, like what happened? Like you like left and you were gone for like a half an hour. Like what? I was like, yeah, I um, they sent me to the school therapist because of that short story I wrote. And so people who had no interest in reading it. We're suddenly yep. like, whoa, what, what is this? Like, can you print me a copy? So I must have made like 40 copies of this story and just handed them out. <laughs> and people, was like, people were like, it's like the story that, you know, shocked the administration and got him sent to the <laughs> office. And then, of course, like, I Banned moved by like the a school. month later. I was like, I've just become a minor literary celebrity in this high school. Like the next thing, if I if I like came in the next day, I was like, guys, I've written a new story. I think that like people would have been earnestly excited for it, and instead, I fucking moved to a goddamn school in Texas. Um, it's sad. It's not a great time, but anyway. Anyway, so uh, people really liked that one, unlike people liking or not liking uh, the novel that Julia Louis Dreyfus wrote in this movie. Yeah, the the new one. The new one. Yeah, the fiction one. Which again, we know nothing about, so it just feels like well, it's like a, a murder stage mystery play. kind of thing. It's like uh it's like yeah, it feels like kind of what you you do as a. It's like almost like how um, J.K. Rowling writes Harry Potter, and then her next rolling. thing is like rolling, um, like it's bowling. Rolling. Yes. Um, yes. Writes Harry you Potter. Rolling, 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 rolling. God damn it, Bill! Absolutely not. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of high school. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. That was like middle school, actually. Or yeah, maybe rolling yeah. was high school, but I know that uh, Nookie was middle school. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember going yeah. to middle school MTV. dances and girls were dressed no, up like No, Nookie was girls. fifth grade for me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Robin. Jesus. Fucking Wait, baby, you baby than Robin. Me? I thought you were older than me. 88, baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like yeah. in sixth grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'd go to the middle school dances and girls would be dressed like the Nookie girls from the, the music video. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Girls. It's fucking weird. <laughs> the Nookie girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's you know like- what? I, I That song, whenever it comes on my iPod, it just never, ever fails to put a smile on my face. It just, it's like a warm embrace from a long lost creepy cousin. Do you listen to your iPod often? 
Uh, when I say iPod, I mean oh god, this you is you mean iTunes story. on your iPhone or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, Apple I, Music. No, never Apple Music. Spotify. Never Spotify. No, fuck Spotify. What? But, oh yes, I only listen to music that I have acquired. Pandora. Three, this four, is incredible to me. And transferred onto my phone, which I call my iPod when I use it for music. Wait, wait, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I have been doing this for. I Robin know, has no Riz. Rick. Oh, girl, I got zero. I mean, that riz. kind of works, Bill. You sort of got that one. This is like uh, small dick energy right now with my. <laughs> but I, I, listen, and now uh, okay, here are the benefits. Number one, I always have the music. It doesn't matter what it is; it's mine. I don't have to like worry about Wi-Fi or you know. You can download them. Robin, what are we number are we two? About? Number two, I am not beholden to your corporate overlords <laughs> about licensing, about versions of songs. Like y'all don't know how like controlled you are by the man. And I am not. I am wake up, sheeple. <laughs> I am outside <laughs> of society. Robin Robin has turned into Robin is the Bill uh, Cooper of Spider the Punk. <laughs> Robin has turned into Spider Punk all I don't of a know sudden. What that means. Uh, you didn't see Spider Man, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm outside it's, the universe. It's great. Yeah, he, she's just like stick it to the man. Like fuck capitalism. Let's do this. I own these songs, which yeah. actually you don't. We we, we are finding that out. Yeah, but them. We, we we have we have found this out. Like that is a licensing. Like even if you fucking purchase it it doesn't fucking matter they Who can said anything about purchasing oh boy sir <laughs> bro this is all fucking lars ulrich I is gonna be acquired. knocking on your door <laughs> you said acquired i thought you meant legally bro okay what are we doing right now i, <laughs> I think said... i just like bill saying i thought you meant legally bro <laughs> I thought you I think everybody really on the planet should follow if Stallman was right on Reddit, that subreddit. It it's just Stallman so was accurate. Right. I don't Stallman know what that is. I don't know what that is. I know that they're like people people when I when I was a, an intern on Capitol Hill, we're getting a lot of my history this uh, episode. When I was Oh, when don't Capitol, we get your history? I feel like this, this is, is the more history. Um, but so yeah, when this I was This is intern, your journal. This is your live journal. I am Queen <laughs> Um, you would be live when, journal. When when I was on Capitol Hill, I'd I'd get <laughs> off at the station and then I'd like walk to the the I think I was in was I in the heart? I can't remember. What office building Keep I was in? In the heart of Texas. <laughs> no, it was the heart of DC. Um but I was in one of the office buildings, the new one. I think it was the heart, H A R T. Um and there was always this this group that was outside handing out pamphlets, and the pamphlets were like LaRouche was right. And it's like Lyndon LaRouche was like some sort of economist who was like, I don't even know if he was left wing or right wing, but because like his followers clearly had a vibe that was very left wing, but no one seemed to like them, which made me think they were right wing. (laughs) And it was, yeah. So anyway, so anytime I hear whoever was right, I think of those, those inscrutable people screaming about something about the Fed. Hmm. But you never took a pamphlet. I think I did once. <laughs> I don't know. I like, you know, I couldn't take one every time, but 
Definitely. No, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then, like, all you got to the capital and yeah. just like, all you hey, got to do up, from guys? that point on is just be like, don't you remember me? I took a pamphlet last week. Like, get out of here. I just wanted like, you know, you keep up the fight, brothers. Um, by the way, I, I sent a picture of the Nookie girl. They're, they're, they're like, they're like, we don't believe in violence. You're like, <laughs> yeah. all right, well, whatever. <laughs> Keep up the non-fight. Every time I go in, I'm just like trying to figure out what the fuck their whole thing is. And it's just like, <laughs> keep up the revolution. We don't believe in a revolution. Ah, oh, fucking Jesus. All right, fine. <laughs> the National Caucus you, then, of then, Labor then, Committees. He was a prominent conspiracy you, theorist and perennial presidential candidate. Oh, far left politics, but in the seventies, moved to the far right. So that's the problem. <laughs> well, uh, wasn't 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 originally like everything switched, anyways? Like, yeah, there wasn't was, like, the, the democratic? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I anyway, don't know when that was. I will, um, but, I will yeah. do a deep dive on Lyndon Larouche, and I will talk about it when we're back again. <laughs> Excellent. I'm sure you will find TikToks on it. Oh my God. Can you imagine the TikToks that are on <laughs> Lyndon LaRouche? If I'm still finding flat earthers, anti-vaxxers and like Helen Keller wasn't real. If I like Google Lyndon LaRouche on TikTok, my fucking algorithm is fucked. <laughs> Parachute oh pants and backward hat. Okay. Got it. So and, it's, and, yeah, it's uh, like the baggy yeah. khakis, the backwards red hat and the, the black either tank top or tube top. I think most of the girls wore tube tops. It's funny to think of that because this was like their real like breakout song, right? Was, yeah. And and he definitely had like a style and a look that was not necessarily his own. It was kind of popular at the time, but he kind of he kind of you know iPodded it in a way. He kind <laughs> of made it famous a little bit more than it was. But it is interesting to think that you called them the Nookie Girls, and I can <laughs> just imagine like Fred Durst being on set and being like, "No, you have to put it backwards," and then they put it backwards, and he's like, "No, but it's got to be slightly off, like slightly <laughs> off to the right," and it's just like I can just see him coordinating the Nookie Girls, and I'm just like, "Clear this image such, in my head, yeah, what it's supposed this to is be. such a fucking mind fuck because it's like, wait, so do you have Nookie Girls or are you creating the Nookie Girl? I don't understand which came first. So I don't know. That's that's a mind fuck. This was in the era of girls wearing baggy pants that were low slung and then like a Mm -hmm. bearing top. It was. Yeah. I mean, I've I've seen the Christina Aguilera. Like this is, this is the uh, genie in a bottle like outfit. Yeah. Except no backwards hat. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, he really put his stamp on it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this was the- my thing is <laughs> you put a backwards hat on it. It's like, okay. All right. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, this was the era of the midriff and we, we got away from it. I don't know if it's coming back. It might be. So what did oh, we think of the movie? The movie, I really <laughs> like the movie. I, I think it's funny when David Cross is like, I, I want our money back and it's like, clear, you're never going to get that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I yeah. found it really funny when <laughs> she, her son's uh, dispensary, as she's been saying, the whole movie finally gets robbed and she like, yeah. jumps on top of him. I think that was like like embarrassing, but also very sweet that she's like still got that motherly impulse to try to protect her son. And he's just trying to give them the money so they'll leave. And she's like trying yeah. to cover him still. It was like, great. yeah, it's, like, it's 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 classic like bank teller, like just fucking do what they say. Like, yeah, we've got insurance. Like, like it'll be fine. Like, wh- what is 
Yeah. Um, like, and I, I, just but like, go. it's that kind of thing. Like what I like about this movie is that this is like, we, we once had a conversation on this podcast. I think it was about, um, uh, what was that happiest time of year or like happiest season? Mm-hmm. Happy the fucking season. the. I'm sorry. Saying that fucking first makes it sound like I'm I'm angry about it. It's the lesbian Christmas movie, right? Yeah, and um, I like that movie. Oh right. yeah, 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 yeah. And we with Kristen that, Stewart, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and we had the conversation with our guest, who was like, you know, there's a thing like in that we like say in the queer community, it's like the straights are not all right because in all the movies and stuff. And I'm like, it's because happy people are fucking boring. Like we don't follow mm-hmm. the millions of people who have fully functional relationships because like. You know, what are you going to like? What kind of a story are you going to get at? Two people have a mild disagreement eventually through talking about it in an emotionally intelligent and thoughtful way, come to an understanding and become stronger, like boring. You know, we need the misunderstandings. We need the red herrings. We need like the toxic attitudes to make the movie fun. And this movie stands in direct opposition to that because it is literally the movie that I described that would never get made. Where you have sure. yeah. a couple that, that love one another, that are not cheating, that are not mean yep. to one another, that have found like this one stumbling block and they kind of stub their toe and then they work through it and become stronger. And then at the end of the movie, they give each other the shitty gifts because they yes. realize that that's adorable and that's like their new thing. And their son is embarrassed by it, but he's now at their thing because he... Never felt like he meant enough to them because they loved each other so much, which again is a very like weird thing to hear from a child. Yeah, that's that's it's weird. It's such an only child thing, though, because you know, <laughs> and I say this as an only child. Yep, um, same here. When you are, when you are like a three-person unit, mm-hmm. what typically happens is that the child joins the marriage or feels like that they are a third entity in the marriage. So it is an interesting dynamic that it's picking up on. And this is why I'm like this whole center, like only have one child who happens to be like a creative boy or something because what's funny is he's not, it's just so specific. Really? Like he's sort of creative. He is. He's a playwright, but it's like not, it's not like, but he's not, nobody cares if he's good or not. He is creative. Anyway, my point is that, you know, okay. So for my husband and I, have a similar dynamic as the couple on screen, like the main couple, because they're always just like sharing food and being like really considerate and mushy. And I love it. I love it. I could just see my future kid. I I'm a little grossed out by it. I love the fact that he, th- there is a certain thing of like, Oh yeah. You, you share like an, the ice cream cone is a little like, it's a little weird. What? The, like, Where can hold I on, share hold ice on. cream cones all the time? If you share ice cream, I'm okay with it. Eating it off of the ice cream cone is a little, a little strange. What? Like, That's what we do. Hold on, they're hold on. Give me a second. Uh, I I understand. What <laughs> I'm trying to say is that when he calls, I I just said it's a little weird. I didn't say it was really weird, Robin. No, don't, you can't say it's a little up. weird. It's I'm not freaking crazy, out. Robin. It's absolutely bananas. <laughs> Anyways, what I loved is they. She apparently bought a salad, and he's just eating the salad out of the tub. But like, <laughs> like doesn't have a plate and doesn't have like a utensil so he's like give me more salad and you're what? just like that's what the exactly fuck? what 
is weird about this. You take that a couple so of bites strange. then you put the salad tub next to your husband so he could take three bites. Then you return it to me and I eat three bites. Oh no, I'm like a dog with a bone with my food. Like, I'm sorry, you wanted French fries? Fucking order your own. Like maybe, no, no. maybe that's my wife. Say, that's my I, wife. If we no. go to a new place, right, oh. and we each order something new, that's the point where it's like, hey, you want like one bite, and we'll have one bite. But there's like, there's that's it. It's a no. sample. You no, get a, See, you get a so, so I've been we buy one burrito. I eat one bite, then Ew. I pass it. No, and exactly. Bite. See, no. this is weird. This is strange. That's the, not. that's the same thing with the ice cream cone. Like yeah, you can I have the first licks, bite. You can I have the first bite. No, and then no. give it back to me, no. and now it's Sharing. mine. It's, no, one you, lick, oh my two God, lick, that's so three weird. lick, four lick. Do you like do this with like lollipops? No. I don't eat lollipops. <laughs> Ring pops. I love, okay, I love a ring pop. My husband would never touch one of those. Not to take us back to sitcoms, but there's literally an episode of How I Met Your Mother where you find out that Marshall and Lily use the same toothbrush. Ah, uh, no. And I no, feel like that's, that's, that's not hygienic. Have. Okay, no, Robin, you can't say shit. You just <laughs> yeah, said that you yeah, Robin. and your husband, Lady and the Tramp, a fucking burrito. Oh. <laughs> Actually, for real, Nick and I have Lady and the Tramp many items. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like hot dogs. Have. No, oh, no. Hap- I think that happened, <laughs> no. in, that happened in The Simpsons. <laughs> Jesus. That was Homer and Mindy, it's wasn't it? your own it? fucking foods. I'm 100% sure we've actually laid it in tramp. You, 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 you're also like ruining the, the commerce. You, you are sticking it to the man. <laughs> like you're like, you're like, no, a, a, a bowl of popcorn. No, this can definitely be shared between five people. Why not? It's like, yes. no, that's like it's supposed to be shared between two. At well, most. I, so I've actually had this anxiety about parenting. Where I'm like, well, you know, if Nick and I buy like one thing to share, how is the kid <laughs> going to share this? Like, I have. To well, buy as long as they're small, thing. as long as they're small, they will, you know, not take a proportionally large, you know, section. So that should be fine. Like, but once they, they start growing up, yeah, yeah, they're gonna have to get their own. They get their they're own they're gonna, have to, yeah. They're going to get a fucking kid's menu and order the quesadillas. Oh, no, we're not doing kid's menus. Oh, my she God. She says so smugly. What? Why not? That's, no. The whole Robin, point is you, kids that it's for kids. Like mac and cheese and nuggies. Yeah. Fucking yeah. kid shit that they love. Well, my kid doesn't know what a nugget is because my kid doesn't exist. Okay. I was, okay. <laughs> that, well, that, that, I cannot argue not with that. theoretical. Fucking true. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my kid came out of the womb knowing what a nugget was. Yeah, I think I think kids just just know. They just I've know told Nick is. many times our child is going to eat avocados. Okay, I mean, just so crave my... avocados and clam chowder. What? Wow! All right. At the same time, Boston. Yeah. No. My, when my daughter was born, like she got a bunch of those like foods. You know, like oh, we're gonna like roast some. Mangoes, and eggplant, like, do these roasted yeah. mangoes. So yeah, you 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 slice it up mm, and then you like lightly good. roast it just to like soften it up into like you know whatever, and then you you eat it. That is well, I, I I made I made the mistake a couple of days ago of actually buying whole mangoes instead of like you didn't get sliced mangoes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm never mangoes fucking do not exist where we live. 
Uh, well, you can get them frozen. So that's what I was doing. But uh, anyways, uh, I realized that uh, slicing up uh, a full mango is a fucking nightmare. Fuck oh, yeah, they're mangoes. weirdly tough. Yeah, could, that was a nightmare. to death with a mango. I, I really worked hard and got very little out of that situation. I, I was like, so right. hard. <laughs> <laughs> God, sorry. It's just a it's a new metal Monday on the film stage show. We've got oh Lincoln. shit, I love new metal Monday. We've got Lincoln Park. <laughs> got Nucky. Else we got oh, yeah, we got, we got Tool. I don't know who else. The uh, Corn. Tool is not. Tool, tool, yeah, tool, tool is it's not tool. new metal. New metal. I'm googling. No, no God, it's no. Prog metal. Tool. It's it's prog a, rock. Okay, La Weekly says Tool is a new metal band. La Weekly. That is bullshit. Exists. Okay, so Reddit yeah. says it's prog metal. Yeah, it's prog rock. <laughs> it's prog Someone rock, on a GameSpot metal. forum says, I'm starting to think Tool is new metal. Well, uh, their last album may may have gotten a little bit closer to that, but no, Jesus Christ, no. That's, yeah, that's fucking insulting. I'm sorry, right? They don't yeah. really like do any like DJ spinning, right? You know, so. No. And I love new metal. Like, I wanted to go to this festival in Daytona Beach this year, but my friend couldn't go, so we didn't. But I would totally go do that. You're talking about like corn and limb biscuit. Oh and fuck like- yeah! Uh, Fort, <laughs> yeah. What is it? Fort Disturbed. Minor. Is Fort Minor a new metal band? I, I think I think there's one that's happening in like Las Vegas too. That's just like all the like '90s alt rock bands. Oh yeah, wasn't especially it called the like new the model. Oh shit, you're almost forty tour or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I remember we just were looking young, at it. Yeah, that's yeah. It. <laughs> it's pop punk. I know somebody who's going to that. Did it happen? Right. Remember how everyone was like, "Oh God, is this a scam? Is this another fire festival?" Nah, the, the bands were too big. The bands were huge, but like, they were like, "There's no fucking way that all of these things can fit in." I don't know. There, it, there was a moment where after Fire Festival, where we got too incredulous because, like, yeah. Fire Festival, this is we were too good to be true. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and then you know, sixteen hundred dollar Taylor Swift tickets came out, and people were like, "Oh, yeah, this is reality." Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um. I mean, I like people Swift, had to fucking finance. Go to. I would not spend that much money to see her, but I mean, you know, yeah. teach their own. So, if you get. Uh, what uh how do we feel about the performances in this movie because to me universally wonderful i don't know <laughs> i i really like david cross and amber tamblin i thought that they were very both very funny in their roles especially mm-hmm. amber mm-hmm. tamblin who i don't typically think of as a comedic actress um mm-hmm. and she just really nailed it to I me i gotta as look like up a, what she's been in what has she been in she was in like joan of arcadia that's the thing that she's like most famous for. She's I apparently think. in the ring, the sister to the traveling pants. Yep. Sisterhood. Yeah. I've never seen anything that Why she's the in. last man, which is a thing that happened. Yeah. Never saw that. I heard. And you won't have the opportunity to, cause it's been cut from Disney plus and Hulu. She was, uh, in 24 episodes of two and a half men. Oh, Oh, she was, she well, was very wait, briefly wait, wait, wait. in an episode. Wait. Of in in two and a half men isn't um uh why can't I remember her name uh, the girl in Melanie Linsky isn't she in two and a half men Literally yeah yeah she's, yeah she's she's the neighbor like uh, upstairs or something she's upstairs stalker chick yeah 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 she always drops she was in. in fifteen um, episodes of House she was in Metalocalypse 
Oh, <laughs> I'm seeing them in, soon. In Django Unchained as daughter of a son of a gunfighter. Just so you know okay. she's married to David Cross in real life. Oh, is she? Yeah. Really? Isn't she like uh, 26 and he's like... Yeah, well, she's like 38 and he's 50 or something. She was born in 83. <laughs> so she's literally 40. Didn't I say that? <laughs> no. You said she's 38. And he's okay. 50. Sorry, I'm two years off. You are yeah. two years off, and he is. Am I? He's only fifty. Does he just like aging terribly? He's always looked hey. like that. <laughs> Wait, what, what is that? What does that mean? You think he's he looks older than fifty? Oh yeah. Me and girl told Brian me, coming out. Yeah, because yeah, he's fifty nine. Because he's. I was literally about to say oh. he looks sixty, and he is. <laughs> he's one year from 60 settle down they've been together for 11 <laughs> years that's good for them oh yeah that's that's more than the distance between their marriage <laughs> no Ages. it's not isn't it 20 it's like 19 years between them yeah it's more that's what i'm saying oh okay okay i sorry i thought you said it was like about the same yeah no, i no. also think the beard ages him up a lot well, yeah, and especially if you go gray. If you go gray with a beard, you instantly look like ten years older than you are. And that's why you're able I to don't get think young that. girls. Ah, Jesus Christ. Anyways, um, no, I think I I really enjoyed the grandma in this film as yeah, well. Um, she gives him a shirt and then wants it back. Jeannie yeah. Berlin. I, I love I love that thing about the potato salad where you're just like is is my mom completely off like can you like, explain the that's scene? okay so okay. in the scene they're eating a Go potato ahead, salad and the potato salad is very good and the girls are telling their mother that it's very good and they had asked if they can take some home and the mother says of course <laughs> and julia louis dreyfus opens a cabinet that's just larded full of fucking takeout containers like yeah, a, a lifetime's worth of tupperware and plastic containers that you get from like chinese food restaurants and soup dispensaries and stuff like that and the mother <laughs> the mother's oh don't don't bother using that just get some tin foil and there's just it like the whole scene is filled with stuff like this it's so incredible because i've had like i remember seeing conversations like this happen with my grandmother and I feel like I'm right about to get into that sweet spot of these happening with my own mother where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, did you see Beetlejuice? Did I see what? There's a beetle? It's like, no, Beetlejuice. You have this playbill for Beetlejuice. Oh, I've never seen that. And it's just like, okay, great. Mystery just forever. <laughs> like, let's just move on. Like, I can't. And so yep, they're just yep. like, mom, you can't be this crazy. You have a billion of these things. But like, there's just that to a certain generation, there's that thing of like, no, those are for something else. Just use some tinfoil. It's fine. Like it, to them, that's like the thing of least resistance because there's just something that's happened to you. Like, I don't know what it is, but that's like early onset dementia. I don't even think so. I think it's Maybe just like early. a thing of like, hey, here we go. Like, yeah, I think like you could just put it in some tinfoil. It's like, no, absolutely not. Like, let's just use this thing. And then you get to that point. Where, like, you don't actually resolve anything. The mother just, like, says, all right, fine. I'm going to keep the potato salad. I'll eat it myself. And everyone's just like, okay, great, yeah. Ma. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Shit like that is amazing. And, like, I, that's another reason to come to a movie like this is to get things like that. What's funny is I actually saw ads for this movie on TikTok. 
And they would be just like the, that scene with the potato salad or with the playbill. Right. There was another Perfect. one. And you'd click on the comments because I'm curious. I'm like, this is a TikTok audience. Like who, who anyone could see this. And I clicked on it. And all the comments were like, oh, my God, so real. Like just like my mom. Can't wait to see this movie. This is hilarious. And so you people, see people like, on TikTok that are saying just like my mom. Yeah. Because I think that there is a level of like if you've just got that mom who does stuff like that or like you can feel the truth of it even if it's not that particular but just like the way that you just are like you're trying to like just I'm just trying to have a conversation ma like I'm just trying to like you know spark something with you I just can't like you know if you I don't know why you have this fucking playbill I'm just it's over All right, I'm done it's great we don't have to worry about this anymore Mm -hmm. so yeah stuff like that's great And, and I think that you know this being a movie that has a little more breathing room than, you know, your How I Met Your Mothers or your 30 Rocks or your Modern Families. Um, it just, uh, it allows for that. I actually just realized there is a Modern Family episode like this where the girls say that they don't want to go on the family camping trip anymore. And like the dad starts crying in the car and then they start crying because they realize they made their father cry. And no. It just becomes this giant thing. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, we hurt your feelings. It's like, no, you didn't. I'm crying about something else. And because they're crying, he starts crying more, and then they start crying more. It's adorable. It's really cute. That that show had some good moments. Um It did. Yeah. But like this the movie allows you to to deepen it and to see more characters and do more things. And unlike the season finale of Ted Lasso, you don't feel like anyone's getting shortchanged. You feel like everyone's exactly <laughs> where they need to be for as long as they need to be, and everything is thematically tied together and it's really good. Well, I, I think I think the little white lies is like what what kind of brings this home for me is that you know julia louis dreyfus and and tobias menzies have that conversation towards the very end where they're just like yeah it's it's not an intentional lie to cover something up it's just to not like make you feel bad and he starts talking to her about like haven't you ever like done like a little white lie before to like not make me feel bad and not about a significant thing. And, you know, she brings out the earrings (laughs) and I just, I just died. I I loved it. And then he has this very weird conversation about Phoenix and cleavage. I I was just like, that's cleavage. I don't feel like I should show off that much of my chest. And she's like, it's not going down here. It's up here. Yeah, It's not, that's not the point, man. It's just to give a different cut. If you like, I don't know. If you look at men's clothing, it's just fucking so rigid. And it's just like t-shirt, 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 t-shirt. I'm a, I'm a crew neck kind of guy and I will die that yeah. way. Yeah. But like I need some V-necks in my life. No, Otherwise no I'm going to die. Like I just, and you know, there, there is like the deep feed thing, you know, that, you know, we saw Michael Douglas wearing that, you know, so the deepest of V's. Because there's like CC has like a DJ boyfriend who like has really deep V necks, mm-hmm. and then J- I think CC's drunk and goes up to him and like rips it, like grabs the <laughs> collar and rips it, and he's mm-hmm. like, "You ruined my deep V. This is my favorite deep V." And Jess says to him, "It's just a deeper V now." <laughs> oh man, of course. Ah, new now girl. that scene where they That's like good. sitting on the couch and like the, the sun has just left, and he's like, "Can't you understand that like he's mad at you?" for what you're mad at me about like you know basically like this is a similar thing and she's like no it's not the same and they kind of they finally kind of come to the understanding 
when he asked that, that she brings is. out all the earrings. Yeah. And I like the fact that like in in there's in some a, resolution. Right. In a worse thing, that would be the moment where he's like, oh my God, well now I'm gonna be mad. But like he is very emotionally consistent about his reaction mm-hmm. and his understandings. And like they just start laughing and it's cute. And like you said, Bill, they have that weird conversation about the Phoenix. And I love yeah. that the things that they're lying about are like so minuscule and it only matters if you if you think that the like the the precept of like never telling a lie is like universally enforceable to even the smallest degree of lies. Yeah, and and it's an impossible standard to hold someone to yeah. that like, you know, and and I I understand like if you tell a white lie then it can quickly spiral and it can, it can put you in this awkward position. And, and it certainly has done that to them, right. Where they keep getting gifts, but it's also like, it's such a minor thing that if they maybe communicated a little bit better, that they would just say, yeah, don't I, I just like that one pair of earrings. I didn't want 15 of them, you know? And you, we hyper focus on things, especially if your partner isn't like super communicative of yeah. like what they actually want. You know, uh, I see this all the time with people where they're just like, oh, yeah, I, I like this thing. And I'm like, cool. Would you like 15 more of them? And they're like, no, 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 no. I, I, I just want one. I, I had this a thing that is in a lot of media is like, like I think I, I made this mistake it. with my with my wife where. <laughs> I, early on in our relationship, uh, I found out that she liked key lime pie. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. I like key lime pies. Okay. And then I found out she liked dark chocolate. I was like, cool, cool, cool. I had key lime pie, dark chocolate. I was like, huh. I like weird, interesting things mixed together. Oh, no. And so, yeah, I had a friend who was a baker. (laughs) And I told her oh. I would like a key lime pie with a dark chocolate crust. Okay. And she was like, mm. Mm, okay, yeah, I could do that. And like, she even like told me, uh, she was like, does she have a favorite flower? So I can put some decoration on the outside of this birthday cake. Cause otherwise it's going to look pretty fucking plain. And was I was like, birthday yeah, yeah, yeah. Cake or pie. Yeah. It was a birthday cake. Oh yeah. This so was, was a cake. Key lime Wait. cake. Uh huh. Key lime with a, flavored with a dark cake. Dark chocolate crust. Wait, a cake doesn't. Yeah, like a, like a ganache. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. okay. There we go. Yeah, yeah. This is so I was like, I was like, was like good? yeah, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody else did. Uh, I brought it to our like a little bit of a birthday celebration. I surprised Erica with it, and she was like, she took one bite. Or one one slice. I think she she had you know the nerve to actually finish it. But yeah, I ended up going home with that cake, and I ended <laughs> up eating it. It was delicious. I liked it a lot. But she told me you know months down the road, she was like, "No, that cake was not good." And I was just like, "Yeah, but like I took the things that I thought you liked and I combined them together." And she never like told me like, "Oh, that was thoughtful." She was just like. I didn't like the cake and I was just like, well, I put a lot of effort into that. So, (laughs) and it's, it's just one of those things where I was just like, but I, I appreciated the honesty, right. Where it was just like, okay, well, 
you know, and, you know, she wasn't like, oh, yeah, I like this at the time. She was just like, okay. (laughs) And of course, my friends, my poor friends had to eat it, too. I'm sure they did not (laughs) enjoy it. This fucking guy is testing us. But I did the exact same thing like five years later. For one of her birthday parties. No, 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 no. I didn't do that. But what I did was I'm I'm the type of person that I'm always like, well, if I'm gonna buy something, I'm gonna buy a really good representative of whatever that thing is, right? So I Uh almost always will like deep dive and do a lot of research into things. Oh my god, yeah, I'm the same way. And so she likes weirdly expensive cast iron pan now. (laughs) She likes chocolate cake. And I was like, cool. So for her birthday, I was like, let me find the best chocolate cake in Dallas. Like that's <laughs> that, that seems like a reasonable thing. Like yeah. I'll just buy the best chocolate cake in Dallas and give that to her for her birthday. And I ended up getting this this uh local place called Breadwinners apparently has a triple chocolate cake. So it's got white chocolate, it's got uh dark chocolate and it's got uh regular milk chocolate but it also has a brownie base and it is a giant fucking cake and it is massive and it is very thick and each individual layer is like layered with different layers of the chocolate and it's it's just a whole fucking ordeal and i got it and she was she again took one slice of it ate it and never touched the cake again. And so for the rest of the week, for like the next two weeks, I had this giant fucking triple goddamn chocolate cake that was just like, oh. So what I've learned is stop buying her things before she tries it and make her try it. If she likes it, buy that. But don't fucking surprise her with like, hey, here's the best chocolate cake as voted by Eater Dallas. And she's like, yeah, it's not good. I don't like this. This is too much. I'm just yeah, like, all right. Of, well, I think of it more like fuck. a thing where like, like there's actually, there's a, talking about shows on Apple plus that aren't that good. Um, there's a show called a uh, big door prize. Um, what the fuck? It's got that, it's it's my got that like, Irish guy. Oh, in it. Uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Irish it, guy. My friend said it's dog shit. But who's the Irish, Irish guy? guy? Uh, Chris O'Dowd. So many um, Irish. Thank you. And so oh, the, okay, yeah. The concept the, of big the door prize, guy. yeah, is it should be right up my alley. It's um, it's it's like there's a, a a thing in a in a shop in a small town, and if you like go in, it will tell you. I think it's like the way they put it is your like life's potential, um, and so people are getting these things, and for whatever reason they're believing it. I don't know. Um, and it's like it should be good. Like I like this is like made for me, right? It's like oh, like what is your destiny and like what is reality? And I like this is I dropped off after like four episodes. But one of the things that happens in it is like he calls his wife Puffin, I think, and like gets her puffins. Like they have a house full of puffin stuff. And um, <laughs> at some point, she not, like not H H P puffin stuff. Yes, exactly. But, like puffin puffin stuff. Yes, I know. I know what you. I know to what you were referring. Um, so she's got all this puffin paraphernalia and it turns out that she doesn't like it. So he starts going around with a a grocery or not a grocery bag, a garbage bag and ostentatiously throwing it all away. Um, there's another one. Oh, in Mad Men, like Duck Phillips has a bunch of duck shit and he hates it. Mm -hmm. And he even says like, you know, you ever have someone get you something and then it just becomes the one thing. It just becomes a thing. 
Yep. Yeah, so I had that happen to me briefly. Uh, people kept giving me Pelican stuff, but I like Pelicans, so I was kind of cool with it. And also not enough people care about me for me to have too much of it, so... See, yeah, uh, uh, wants to send me Pelican stuff, reach out, DM me. I'll tell you where to send in, it. In, in, in my friend group, I am known as the uh, pumpkin spice guy. So oh, yeah, that basically, does not shock me at all. Yeah. Uh, so for my birthday one year, one of my friends, Gwen, she got me like this, this giant, like, uh, uh, what is it? Um, pumpkin. Picnic basket, picnic basket filled with just like she went to Trader Joe's that day and was just like anything with pumpkin spice in it. She just put it in the bag. And so like she gave me this picnic basket of just pumpkin spice shit. And I remember I got home because I think Erica wasn't with me and I got home and Erica just looked at it and was just like, who is this girl? I was just like a friend. And she was just like, okay. And like. From that point forward, people just like every time my birthday came around, people just get me a bunch of pumpkin shit. And now my mom, she, she, we, I think we trade presents back and forth in the same fucking bag. So it's just a giant glitter pumpkin. And so she'll get me nothing but like pumpkin spice shit because my birthday's in October. So it's like, prime pumpkin spice season and so like she'll just give me this bag and every year i'll give it back to her and then she brings it back every year for my birthday just filled with pumpkin spice stuff and so it's i'm just like if it yeah. wasn't pumpkin spice that just to me sounds well, awful. But, like to <laughs> me i'm just like i will try anything with that flavoring because maybe it's good maybe it's bad sometimes it's bad like you know it, it's not all going to be home runs but i'm just like eh. Like, this is my thing now. Like, I, I just look at it. I'm like, yeah, I'll try that because I'll try just about anything. Like, I'm just like, whatever. I, I drink pickle beer. Like, I don't I don't give a fuck. That like, sounds good. Yeah, it's delightful. Tastes exactly what you think it would. And you're just like, oh, huh, interesting. And so, some of my friends hate it. <laughs> so, Robin, are you just like, you're not a fan of any of this? Like, none of this worked for you? Or was you're just like, it's not enough? You mean the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I liked a lot of it. It just it like it just fell short of coming together for me. So like, how many? Like, I I individually laughed at a lot of scenes. I wasn't (laughs) bored by any of it. You know, I wasn't like Uh nodding off or looking at my watch. You see this in a theater? I did. Yeah. At a credit screening. Um. Yes. Yes. Because my husband couldn't go. Okay. Yeah, and, were, and critics critics are notoriously movie. like not responsive usually yeah, to like comedy. Yeah, so it's, I it wasn't like being in a crowd of you know. Yeah, I, I yeah. laughed out loud like a lot of times in this movie. I, I tittered, you know. I chuckled. Yeah. I wasn't like. Yeah, uh-huh. it's 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 tough. It's tough to and I to watch something. Uh, yeah, like, I want to be clear. Oh, like, it's not full of great. center. Like I loved that movie. I I loved know. the last duel. But oh. I didn't see the last. I, I did. I liked. I loved enough. Said I really, really liked. Um, Can you ever forgive me? Hmm. Which is a movie that has a title a lot like this one. <laughs> yeah. Which? What, what is that one about? Is That's that the, the uh, literary... Oliver Platt one? Wait, no. What Oliver Platt? Wasn't he in one of hers? 
So she was oh, looking at wait, her. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. You're talking about the, the Melissa McCarthy one. Yes. Muriel Heller oh, directed it. I forgot it. she did that. But yeah, Nicole Holof Center helped to write it. Uh, Muriel oh. Heller directed it. Um, yeah, I, I liked that it. one a lot. It was really good. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the other Hall of Center films I've seen because, you know, they're so. They're I've seen basically kind of none slight, of them. <laughs> you know, like, I don't mean to be mean. It's just they're no, all you're of just a actually mean, and so you can't help it. Oh, please give. I saw that one. She apparently directed mm. two episodes of something called Lucky Hank, which is on AMC Plus. <laughs> it always comes back to AMC Plus. Yeah, so this one stars Catherine Keener, and there's like a whole plot about like thrifting or something. I don't know. Wait, what is this? It's called Please Give, not thrifting, oh, uh, uh, philanthropy. Yeah. Did I see this? <laughs> I might have seen this. In New York City, a husband and wife butt heads with their granddaughter. Oh, no, it is about thrifting. Oh, my God. Who lives in an apartment the couple owns. Interesting. Yeah, Kevin It's just Keener, sort of like... Flat. Oh, Rebecca Hall's in this. Oh, my girl. Yeah. I, so, so my deal with this movie is like compartmentalized. Like, a lot of it works. It just... I kept thinking, what was the point of this? Oh, Amanda Peet. Like, wow. Too. Yeah, Amanda Peet, Catherine Keener... Oliver Platt? Jesus Christ. I told you the Oliver Platt movie. It's oh it's not on it's not on AMC plus, it's on Prime Video. <laughs> but you gotta buy it. Oh, you gotta bro. pay money. Like a fucking stooge. It's enough. Okay. Anyway. I think we're done. Yeah, really, yeah we've talked a lot yeah. about stuff. Um good good conversation. I really like this movie. This movie's good. We didn't even talk about the whole acting subplot with Stewie and them. And I like that like I hated that. I mean, oh, well, I shouldn't say hated. It. I think it was just boring. I didn't care. I didn't like that. I don't really like that actor too much. Michaela wow. Watkins huh? always plays like the same. I'm not saying he's a bad actor. It's wow. nothing to do with talent. It's just like vibes. Wow. I, I love that she brought him all of the socks when he was like uh, feeling down. Yeah, and I was, was just like, just yeah, like that's cute couple thing that was happening. Like, I don't know. I just like. There's a coziness to this movie. Yeah, like, there's I, a slice of life. I I get it. That again, has to be high concept or whatever. Right. It's just and like, I just does like, Michaela Watkins always have to play the same sort of like cringe person? Like she's always cringing about something. Is she cringing in this movie? She's always cringing or going. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Her. I don't know her too well. She was. Uh, in- she was like fired from SNL many years oh, ago. The way back. She was in Thanks for Sharing, which I think is the sex addict comedy. That's literally the same title as this movie. Thanks for Sharing. You yeah. must remember my feelings. Thanks for sharing. Okay, so yeah. Thanks for Sharing. <laughs> Enough said. Please give Can me you ever something me? to Please watch. Give. You heard she my plays Ivanka all of, Trump. All, in what? <laughs> Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, the movie. <laughs> in 2016. Incredible. Um, no, yeah, I, um, oh, this is from the director of The Kids Are All Right? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I remember watching Thanks for Sharing. This is, a movie, this is a movie that fucking 100% does not exist. Did the Art of the Deal? No, Thanks for Sharing. I don't know. It's all the same shit to me. It's just like. Thanks for we sharing. We get it. You're you're filming your apartment building because you can't afford anything else. Like that's what it feels like to me. Wow. It's very wannabe Alan, you know. Wow, you're just like such a hateful person. And I, I am a very hateful person. That's what my uncle always tells me. 
So thanks for sharing was this movie about like um, sex addicts in New York. And it had like a very stacked cast. It had Mark Ruffalo, Tim Robbins, Gwyneth Paltrow, Josh Gad, um, Julie Richardson, Patrick Fugit. And then it also had Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Michaela Watkins, which is how I found it. Because I was like, what the fuck else has she been in? And then I think Pink was in it, too. Hmm. It's very crazy. So speaking of Patrick Fugit, it's so funny you mentioned him because I kind of felt like the son in this movie played by Owen Teague, who I really like as a sort of up and coming actor, he gave me like these Patrick Fugit meets like Adam Driver vibes. A like, little bit, yeah. He's too dark a personality to be a Fugit, but also he has that sort of like dorky cuteness to him. I, I like him Fugit quite a bit. was in the movie version of the novel uh, wrist cutters a love story i thought you were gonna say oleander because he also was no uh wrist cutters love story which, which, cutter. what, which is what pete when i wrote so I, like it was after i wrote my 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 short story obviously but there came a point when like i'd tell people about that short story and they'd be like oh that sounds like wrist cutters a love story because it's <laughs> a film set in a strange afterlife way station that's preserved for people who have committed suicide and i was like god damn it and then someone else said something like oh is it like the lovely bones or something i don't know there was like this weird thing where suddenly there was a lot of afterlife fiction and movies happening and i was a little annoyed by it oh my god is that shay wiggum i need to watch this fucking movie you love <laughs> shay wiggum did you watch um oh my god uh, boardwalk empire no i didn't i gotta oh that. that's like a wiggum fest oh man i gotta get <laughs> in on that so this a wig is fest. plays a cop yes in uh in that the show that I watched that I kind of like but not really I like like two thirds of it um Perry Mason he plays like a a private detective and he's awesome um you should really watch Boardwalk Empire maybe I think, that's what I'll do next I, I think you would get a lot out of it I liked it it it's it never went to the heights of say like a Mad Men or a Sopranos and it had really wanted to it was like you know right at the right at the zenith of you know anti-hero hero stories you know breaking bad yeah but it's so historically interesting hmm. and there's a lot of good you know mafia stuff and and historical and historical uh you know, like the sets are really good like, it's it's a b plus of a show and i think that's worth it man this is another one of those movies that was directed by a guy who just doesn't exist anymore because <laughs> he's dead no, he he still is alive, but I just he's, it's Goran Duktik, and I guess like wrist cutters should have been his jump off, but it never happened. What's his name? Puke Dick? No, it's Goran D U K I C. So Dukik, Dukik. Mm. Yeah. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. We do. Yeah. Hold on. There's so this movie also has uh Shannon Sh- uh Sosaman, Sosaman, what? Sosaman, the- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who was like in every movie for 3 years and then disappeared. I miss her. Yeah. She was awesome. She was apparently in Wayward Pines. Anyway, <sighs> Man, blast from the past. This has been an episode that has brought us deep into our pasts. We've talked about Shannon Sosaman. We've talked about Nookie. Uh, we've talked yep. about various things that we've done. Which is, this the, movie is not even particularly rooted in in the past. Like, Well, I mean, she wrote her memoir about her verbally abusive father. But it's like a very, like, you told, you didn't show kind of movie. Like, Did you, you want flashbacks? 
No, like, but at least show us your writing process in some ways. It's not steeped in the art, even though it says it is. It has convinced us it is, but it's not. I guess so. Okay. No, that's, I mean, I guess that's kind of fair, but I don't know. Like, writing on film is, like, always very difficult. I think one of the, there's only a couple movies that have done it well, and one of them is, I think, starting out in the evening. What is with these goddamn titles this episode? Those are terrible episode (laughs) names or show (laughs) names. First of all, they're movie names. So this is... It's um yeah, starting out in the evening, and this is another blast from the past thing. It's got uh Lauren Ambrose in it. No, no love for Lauren Ambrose. Cool. I mean, um, I like her, but I, I just don't I don't know the context. Was, she's an artist that I feel had like a very specific time, right? And so this is 2007, and so you know, she's there, and it's Frank Langella, and it's an ambitious graduate student convinces a writer that her thesis can resurrect his career. But like the whole movie is just about Frank Langella being like a quiet, well-dressed old man who like, I think like the whole point is he says like, I don't have like a process. I sit down and I write and like, I, you have to sit down and write it. You don't get struck by the muse. You have to be disciplined. And starting out in the evening, I think is a, a, um, a reference to his process, which is just like, I do my day and I do all this stuff. And then starting out in the evening, I sit down and I write for like two hours or three hours or however long I need to. And then I just go back. It was actually, and like the reason I bring it up and the reason it sticks with me is um, it actually is one of the few times where I've heard a writer in a movie speaking about writing in a way that reflected my own experience with writing. There's a moment where he talks about his inspiration for a story and it it's it's he says something about how. He had like an idea for a woman in a museum. Like he was in a museum and like imagined a woman getting kicked out because she'd reached out and like touched the foot of a statue or something. And he's like, and just from that one image, I like wondered like, who is this woman? Why did she do that? You know, is this the first time? And like, you know, just the way that you you have a thing that pops into your head and you start building a world around it and you almost don't know where it's going to go. And that's why you have to sit down and just write because you need to start forcing your world to grow and evolve or else it's never going to do anything. So like uh, if you're looking for a movie that is very specific and real about writing, I would uh, encourage you to go check out starting out in the evening, starring Frank Langella directed by Andrew Wagner. Yes. Another guy who appears to have done, Oh, he's done three things as a director. (laughs) One of them was 2004 one of them was 2007. That's starting out in the evening. The other was 2017, and it's called Breakable You. Holly Hunter, Tony Shalhoub, and Alfred. All right, Williams. let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> this has real, uh, I don't know how she does it, vibes. Um, That's it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. This has been a very weird, wacky, off-kilter episode, but hopefully you've enjoyed it. Let's tell, oh no. Uh, Robin, what are we talking about next time? When are we even meeting again next time? Um, it's like I think two weeks, right? Yeah, in about two weeks, I think we might be doing past lives. I'm not sure because I'm going on motherfucking vacation. Well, so am I, Daddy. Please, the collective please, Daddy, not please, you. Please, like the shippers are gonna <laughs> lose their minds, Daddy. Oh, ew! No, no, no shipping. Absolutely not. <laughs> please stop no. calling me Daddy. If you do it's it, it's the collective Daddy. I'm going to daddy. sue you for sexual harassment. Okay, Danny. 
Right. Well, <laughs> it's not how this works. If you're no. a lawyer, please reach out to me. And <laughs> this will be fun. Um, anyway, we're going to take two weeks off so that we can all go Father. through a mandatory <laughs> sexual harassment training. Um, I was at the barber shop today and I go to one of these like, you know, male no, 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 let's get that fuck out of here. They even said they were having a conversation about like, yeah, men like being called daddy right up until the point that they actually have a child. And I was like, yeah, I fucking 100% confirm that it starts getting real weird once you have a kid that actually calls you that. <laughs> it's like it was like always borderline before. But you could sort of get into it in this situation. Now it's just like immediate dead stop. Like, no, no. Pick something else. Um, and Robin calling me father is not it. Puppy, no. <laughs> you know what? Puppy, Actually, no. if a girl called me Poppy, I'd probably Hello, be okay puppy. with that. Puppy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Hi, puppy. No, no. Bill, no. <laughs> We're bad guys. God, okay. <laughs> Jesus All right, I gotta go. I gotta pack. I gotta eat an apple or something. Um, that's it. So yeah, whenever we come back, we'll talk about whatever we talk about. We'll we'll see what it's like. Um, uh, until then, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter at Film State Show, Facebook the Film State Show. Go to patreoncom show to give us your money. And uh, that's about it. That's about all I got. Go to movie.com slash the uh, slash Film State Show. No definite article uh, to get your free thirty day trial and go check out more. Uh, to look at another side of marriage um the dark side um Excellent. yeah that's it let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time uh bill graham kick us off uh you can find me eating the greatest chocolate cake in all of dallas oh yeah you on twitter did you say what the name of the place yeah was? yeah it was um breadwinners okay. so it's it's actually like a, a breakfast place but yeah, apparently they have a badass chocolate cake. Well, look, cake uh, is on yeah. a bagel. You can eat cake anytime. No, this is on a brownie. But yeah. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, you can find me on Twitter at CableBFG, but I don't tweet much as Robin uh, filled in the other day. Um, but I do post a lot on Instagram or a decent amount. Um, and you can find me on there at Billstagram, uh, you know, I got the Riz, baby. Um, God damn it. I'm so but, upset that I told you what that was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, you can also find me always mixing it up on the Slack channel as well. All right. Robin Barr. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at R O B Y N B A H R. Uh, same handle for Letterboxd. Uh, just as a reminder, I score movies out of four stars not five so i'm not Jesus. a b-hole i just have my <laughs> own scoring system and i like a lot of movies um although i do seem to like rank movies lower than most people i know even even with that caveat so i don't know maybe i don't like movies and uh you can sometimes find my writing at the hollywood reporter all right. As for me, uh, you can find everything that I've written over at thefilmstage.com as well as every episode of this here podcast. And uh, don't forget to check out uh, inkwellwhiskey.com to learn more about the whiskey that I make. And uh, don't forget to follow me on all the social medias at Brian J. Rowan. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. And do turn in next time. Yeah,